Hey, you've tuned in to Soundcheck Flicks. My name is Tim Piles. We appreciate your support. I got my main man, Graham, over there. How you doing today, Tim? Doing well. Nice to see you. You too. I am thrilled today that we are doing a surfing classic. Uh, I'm a Swayze fan. I'm a Keanu fan. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, we've called in one of our best buddies. It's our buddy Seton from Well, 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 and he's going to tell us about how he grew up as a surfer here in California and fell in love with this movie. Welcome to the show, Seton. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. I think all three of us have been. Uh, did we first meet in your band, Barbarian? Oh, yeah, back in the day. Long it's been time a while. Ago. It's been a long time now. Uh, big highlight for me in that band, Barbarian, was probably seeing you guys open for Arctic Monkeys at the open-air amphitheater. That was probably a highlight for you in, in your music career as well. Yeah, pretty rad. I mean, went to San Diego State, so that was like kind of full circle moment. How for, long? Uh, Sorry. Uh, well, Well, Well's uh, yeah. been a band for how long? Uh, about about five or six years. And you guys have been killing it. Uh, touring, uh, releasing music. I think one of my favorite tracks is Mar-a-Lago. There we go. I like to play that one all the time. Yeah, yet to be out, but will be really? out. Really? That's not officially uh, in, released? Not yet. No. I've had that thing for years. I know. Well, it's demo version. We re-recorded everything in the studio last May. Okay. And uh, right now, um, we have Patrick Jones mixing it, who's worked a lot with Toro y Moi. And he's putting the finishing touches on it, so it will be out this summer. Cool. Yeah. You just played here at the uh, Freakout yep. recently? Yeah. Uh, Friday, played the San Diego Freakout with uh, Pearl and the Oysters and uh, Oz Fontaine, Moans. And then, uh, yeah, the next night, Juju, Wild Wets. Very cool. Yeah. Very busy, good. busy man. Well, we're here to talk about your favorite film, right? Yes. We are here to talk about... Point Break. This is a film that inspires you, and, and we were talking uh, off camera before the podcast. You live this a little bit, or at least in the area of the background of this film, you, you lived around all these places. It's kind of personal for you. Yeah, I, I would say I lived in the whitewash of this. Because <laughs> <laughs> when the movie came out in 91, I was five. Okay. But it still maintained a lot of relevance, because by the time I like was around like time to learn how to surf like when I was like 14 to like the rest of like my high school years this just played like a phenomenal part in like not only the humor of like my friend group because at that point we just saw it as like this hilarious movie that was kind of filmed around our town sure but then also like yeah the whole surfing aspect and uh the you know you're a kid and you're just stoked on like action movies and like extremes and this was like everything of that so i imagine you didn't see it in the theaters you must have seen it on home television or vhs vhs it was a blockbuster hit okay for us sure and i think you know it was like you know one person would rent it one weekend and the next person would rent it another weekend and it was like it was one of those nights it was a movie night thing sure you know where you'd, you'd watch it and if 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 the parents are cool and it's rated r you know, which for the most part, since we we're in high school, it was like, yeah, just go for it. Seemed like a pretty safe film. What was it actually rated, Graham? It was R, but it was for violence and language. It, there really, I mean, other than the ass, you know, the moon. Yeah. There really isn't a lot the of ass. nudity. No, I mean, no, there was yeah. the girl in the shower. Okay, in the that's rain. right. That's right. We sure. do get the roadhouse girl in the shower. Yeah. Uh, How easily we forget. You just watched it again today, <laughs> didn't you? I know. Well, oh. it's, it's pretty brief. It's just in the restroom when she's kicking Keanu's ass. Which everybody in this movie kicks Keanu's ass when they meet up with him. It's pretty pretty crazy. Does Tone kick his ass? No, but Tone gets leveled by Bodhi, nice. like everyone does. Everyone does. The guru. Yeah. The Bodhisattva. Then shot in the foot. So. Oh, his Reebok pumps yeah. take a shot. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about Anthony Kiedis. For those of you that haven't seen the film, I'm imagining most people have seen any of the films we're talking about. But then again, you never know. Uh, Point Break is is kind of a breakthrough film at the time, breakthrough role for Keanu Reeves, obviously. And uh, as we've all discussed, um, Patrick Swayze is is just a legend and kills it in that film, um, as does Papa. Papa, you're saying, I mean... Gary Busey is on fire in this movie. He, I mean... <laughs> I mean it, it is peak. Just I think legend. people forget that he was nominated for Academy Award once upon a time for playing Buddy Holly. I mean, this guy is yeah. not... You know, he had that motorcycle accident, and I think everybody wrote him off as just this crazy character. I love him. And I'm Crazier like, the no, better. remember when it's Mr. Joshua and Lethal Weapon? Like, this dude can bring it from both sides, yeah. bad and good. Like, this is our guy. Like, And Pappas is just terrific. I mean, I 
we'll, we'll, we'll get to the end and we'll talk about what happens to Pappas down the line. But, uh, I mean, from the moment he walks in, he's in the pool and he's going after the bricks and he's talking trash. Like, yeah. Pappas is our guy. Like, I relate to that guy. Yeah, I don't think anyone has, in a, in a single movie, anyone has any more one-liners than Pappas. Oh, give us the one. Give us the good one. I mean, there's the, of course, there's the Utah. Give me two. <laughs> that one is, like, <laughs> constantly still being said. Like, every time someone wants two of something, if you're within, like, this 40-year age range, then yeah. you're still saying that. And the best part is he's talking to a football player, and you think that might be a two-point score. <laughs> yeah. No, it's two meatball sandwiches. Two meatball sandwiches. Because <laughs> one is not enough. Yeah. And then, and then Keanu calls him roadkill when he delivers them to him. Yeah. Like, I always crave meatball sandwiches anytime I'm reading Calvin and Hobbes. It's just like, it, I'm like, man, I want two meatball sandwiches. Do we know, is that a real meatball sandwich place? No, I, that's fictional, for okay. sure, uh, around that area. <laughs> just banks, banks that are easily robbable. So the culture of this surfer culture, we need to get into this, because I am from Kansas. I know almost nothing about the surf culture. I don't know anything about surfing other than the surf movies I've seen. So take us into that world a little bit, because what blows my mind is when he's First learning to surf, he, A, he's got the kid he buys the board from who's 14 years old ripping on him. I mean, and he, he goes out, he's falling all over the place, can't stay on his board, and then he, he gets punched in the face and he gets his board cut off. The dude cuts his strap. That, like, was so aggressive. I was like, oh, my God, we have to ask Seton about this. <laughs> have you ever had your strap cut? Uh, no, luckily, you know, I think a lot of people just stopped carrying knives in the water, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely, I've definitely been in some run-ins and it's, it's, and I've seen a lot of, of unfortunate circumstances where people do like, you know, start like brawling on the beach. So the locals will like surround him at the shower like they did in the movie. And then just, it's a brawl. I mean, the locals only thing is pretty, yeah, yeah I pretty mean, insane. It, I mean, like growing up in La Jolla, it was the wind and sea surf break and right. you know that was it was could be pretty intense you didn't want to just go out there you cut somebody off it goes down like that you're gonna get punched yeah <laughs> if it if it happens continuously i feel like that's the times that i've seen it right and like i don't know, like recently there was a time even at like garbage beach in at sunset cliffs where it's like it's it's there's locals there for sure but they're harmless yeah. for the most part but there are a couple dudes that like like everybody knows and they just have like a chip on their shoulder and like one of my buddies like he had a soft top no leash but uh this guy who was like kind of on the inside like cut him off and they started exchanging words and and then got like really close and then the dude spit in my friend's face God. and we just like kind of all paddled up we're like what the fuck man like we know you like and it's even a thing where they're just like Soft tops, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> Get out of here. And it's like, dude, it's a one and a half foot day. And like, no one cares here. It's it's one thing. And then you go down like new break down like a little bit past that. And that's pretty like localized. Like you don't like they don't want you surfing there if you have a leash. Like they'll just like kind of like they'll inch you out of the wave. They won't really say much to you. Right. But they'll make sure that like you don't get any waves. And like you're kind of like kind of push back and back in the lineup because there's right. like one takeoff spot yeah um but yeah like growing up in la and kind of learning how to surf there it was it, it i never felt that intimidation but i think like the movie kind of gave everybody like this like idea that yeah you could be that local person running this spot and it I, I, yeah i think it injected this like machismo attitude towards it that really was there but then it got like highlighted right i think and like okay. even at like malibu where there's uh stories still of up in palos verdes which is a you know very ritzy community uh, you know from down by Doheny and the beach area there and there, there's some beaches there that can be accessed you know from these houses and cliffs and there's like a crew of guys that you know yeah, you, that's a place still to this day you probably don't go surf because it's hard to access anyway. It's not like they can, you know, locals from the valley or anybody can park there. But yeah, yeah the stuff still exists. You know? Are there starter beaches where like that are just known as starter beaches where they where the young people and the newbies go train? Yeah, I mean, like uh, there's there's 
that everywhere. Like here, I feel like it's tourmaline. Yeah. Um, in Orange County, it's kind of like San Clemente or like even like Huntington Beach at some times, even though Huntington like during the summer is like pretty big and gnarly. Yeah. But um, yeah, like or Seal Beach and like Long Beach. And then in L.A., it's like at times El Porto or Venice Beach, the pier. Like, like, I'm asking because I've got a taste for surfing now that I've, uh, I've watched this movie three times in a row, and I don't want to get my ass kicked when I yeah. go to the beach. Oh, Tourmaline's yeah. a, the best locally, probably, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Tourmaline is is uh, is Kook City, but I still like surfing there because, like, every now and then, like, the, the point works, and I was there the other day, and it was probably, like, three to four feet, and I was the only person out at the point while everyone else was kind of in front of the parking lot. But... Um, yeah, I think every city has its like main kook beach where you get the rentals right on the sand and then it's just it becomes like a danger zone <laughs> if you want to want to surf there. And so Bodie and his crew with Gromit and Nathaniel and Roach, did you know those guys? Like were those did they did they come off authentic? Or like, were they caricatures? Uh no, I mean I feel like they came off pretty authentic. Like they were like people that you'd see every day at the same spot and like in and out of the water. If they weren't in the water, then they were like in the parking lot hanging out, <laughs> like drinking beers or like kind of like telling wave stories and like everything else. And then it, they were there throughout the night. Like it would turn into like a bonfire and then you'd go back the next day and you'd see him doing the same thing again. Like it's just the endless summer. And it was, it was, those are real people. Right, that like do live that lifestyle, and, and I think some of them still do somehow are still some, yeah. whatever they're doing, but they're still they don't go far from home. No, yeah. now they love that beach lifestyle. Yeah. It's why would you go? Yeah, <laughs> now it's like a van life thing. Yeah, so it went from like I don't know, you had like this crappy little van or like a jeep, like War Child, and then you uh you know you just kind of posted up at the beach all day, usually probably pretty uncomfortable. But you didn't really need much else. Well, you got a shower right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have a public <laughs> Beach shower. Beach life, man. Yeah. yeah. Those were good times. When, yeah. Because like, growing up on Mount Soledad, you know, be down to La Jolla Shores or Wind and Sea. I loved. But I never really, because of some of that, that surf culture and that, uh, the battles and things, and I was not an aggressive person necessarily, but um, I took to Whomping, though. In La Jolla, it's a shore break at a bunch of those beaches. So you get barreled every time, right? It's like a waist deep thing. And it's just an amazing, fun thing to do. But that's probably why I didn't really gravitate towards surfing myself. I actually wasn't very good at it either. But <laughs> but every summer, when the weather is nice, I think I'm going to get myself a longboard and head out to Tourmaline. Yeah, get it. Maybe this summer. Weather hasn't been cooperating. You're still out in the water? Yeah. Wearing yeah. a wetsuit currently? Uh, wetsuit, it's, it's warming up a little bit. But, you know, with the like the kind of awful weather that we've had the last three months, it's not really motivating to get out there, but also since kind of winter ended where there was a good run of waves for pretty consistently. Now it's like there really hasn't been much. So you got to kind of either head up uh, to like Orange County if you want to yeah. get like any any kind of decent wave. But I think soon enough, soon enough, the south swells. You travel then to up. surf up and down the coast? Uh, every now and then. Uh, I, I just booked uh, actually... Three nights at Leo Carrillo State State Park, just uh, just north of Malibu, um, and that's a good South Swell spot. So I'll be there for three nights. Just hopefully getting waves in September, and I think around them too, it should be hot, and it'll be perfect beach weather. And that's actually where they filmed um, the scene where they they had the shower fight. Okay, that's Leo Carrillo. Okay, yeah. So I look forward to getting my ass whooped. <laughs> By some uh, some war child some, and his friends, some MLO Malibu locals only, uh, Leo Carrillo rough rough boys. I have one more question for you about the surfing culture. Yeah, night surfing. Oh yeah, because they go out at night. Sure. Mm -hmm. After that party. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, full moons. Anytime there's a full moon, is yeah, you full, can do it. Yeah, full moon. You'll go out there and you'll still see people do it. Um, we went out one time, uh, my buddies and I. We actually drove all the way up to Rincon, in uh, in like Santa Barbara area, and it was like a pretty decent uh, swell, probably like four to six feet, and 
full moon and it's like right off the one. So you see like all the lights from the or 101. So you see all the lights from the 101, like cars driving by and then like little fire smokestack in the back. But we all attached, uh, there were probably like five of us. And we all attached little glow sticks to the back <laughs> of our wetsuits so we can kind of see each other. But it was, I just remember like paddling out. And over there, it's a point break. So you're able to, point break, you like that? <laughs> you worked uh, right there. get worked in. <laughs> over there, you would like, all you'd kind of have to do is like jump out. And then you're pretty close to like the takeoff spot. But yeah, like it was, it was an amazing experience. Like I remember just seeing like my buddy, like getting this like tube and I could see the backlit, like the glow stick behind him. It was lighting up the back of the wave while he was like riding in the barrel and I'm like paddling out right past him. I'm like, holy shit. That's the whole reason you were doing it. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah, it brings it back to the spiritual aspect and like, like when they go night surfing and they're like, just feel the wave, man. You just gotta, <laughs> all right, bro, it's your turn, man. Go for it. It's uh, like, I, I've done that, you know, yeah. like many times. And it's been like, yeah, you just, you get linked, you get like locked into this, uh, I don't know, this, this, uh, kind of spiritual feeling that the water does offer the energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it dangerous? Completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like you're relying on like whitewash and all these other things. And you think that you're in control of this like situation that really you have like pretty little control of other right. nature. Yeah. But especially when it's big and you can get like disoriented real quick. If you take one on the head and you're like, you come up from that and you're like, Oh shit, it's dark. Yeah. Like normally, like when you're underwater, your eyes are closed anyways, if you take one on the head, but when you pop back up, you're just like you're searching for any sort of like familiarity and it's just not there <laughs> other than air other than <laughs> air yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah man so i wanted to get into the the people involved with this film cuz there's there's some really cool stuff here especially in the director's chair cuz we have Catherine freaking bigelow yes like this is now this is at the beginning of her career and she but she goes on to win the oscar i mean this this and this is an action movie like the action movies up till then were John McTiernan and, and, you know, Terminator, James Cameron. And it was like those guys. And then all of a sudden we have a woman doing this action figure, this picture. Like, it's really a monumental moment. I mean, sure. th that is a moment where things change. And she's doing things differently. She's, you know, the, the chase sequence. When Keanu's chasing Patrick, they're using those handheld pogo cameras running beside those buildings. Like... We had seen H.I. McDonough do that in Raising Arizona, and we had seen, you know, Ferris Bueller run through people's houses. Right. But we hadn't seen anybody do it quite like Bodie in Utah did in this. Like, you feel like you're there with them. Right. Like, and she brings that to the table, and maybe that's because she's with Cameron at that moment. But I think there's just something different. This action picture feels different. And I think it's because a woman is leading the way. Sure. And then she's got these guys that are a little bit different action guys with Keanu and Patrick. They're not Schwarzenegger. They're not Stallone. Like, this movie's coming from a different action angle, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so special. She's, her first movie is Near Dark, which is a fantastic vampire movie if you've never seen it. And she does Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis the year before, and then boom, she's, she's doing this. Like, she's, she's going for it early. And right. I, I'm just like, wow, I, I just admire her so much. I think it's just amazing. And she's still around to this day killing it. I mean... She What's won? the last film she did? Uh, I don't know what the last one was. I know she won for The Hurt Locker. I mean, that was the one she got oh, yeah. a director for. But, I mean, she did Zero Dark Thirty. She's, 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 she's a shit. I mean, <laughs> but this is the first time we get to see her. So, um, obviously, Keanu. Uh, this is... My buddy Keanu? Our buddy Keanu. Casbah yeah, Kaz Keanu? Casbah yeah. Keanu. <laughs> our patron saint, Mr. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Uh, we love you, Keanu. Please come on this podcast. Um he, uh, this is where he first gets off. Like, he's, he's already a thing. He's had River's Edge. He's had Bill and Ted. Um, he's kind of an indie darling. He's doing Dangerous Liaisons. But I think this is the first big action movie for him. Now, he's going to really break out three years later with Speed. Yeah. But this is, kind of the, this is kind of the first time where he handles all those action parts really good. Like, I mean, he's a believable football player on the beach. He, he looks good in the running scenes. He's doing all this physical stuff next to Swayze, which is saying something. Cause that guy's a madman. 
and he's hanging with him. Yeah. Like, he's hanging in there. And uh, I think this was the first one where we really realized that this guy's got an action future. And Jesus Christ, did he ever. I mean, John Wick and Neo. Neo. I mean, he, yeah, he parlayed two of the greatest action heroes ever, you know, years down the line. So this was the first time we saw that he had something. Um, fucking Patrick Swayze. I mean, good Lord. Oh, my God. Radiant Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. He's he okay. He's on the so he's on the end of his hot streak right here because eighty seven he drops Dirty Dancing and becomes like the biggest thing since sliced sure. bread. And two years later he drops Roadhouse, which in the moment is not a terribly big hit and isn't considered to be a classic. In fact, it got Razzie nominations. But damn it, if us men didn't know how awesome that movie was, <laughs> I mean, cult classic. I love, Seriously, I love Roadhouse. God damn, I can't wait till we do that movie. And then the, the next year, he does Ghost, which just sends him into the stratosphere. And, I mean, you've got Demi Moore. Whoopi Goldberg wins the Academy Award for Ghost. And Patrick Swayze's the thing everybody's talking about when that movie's over. Like, everyone sure. falls in love, men and women, with Patrick Swayze. And then he follows it up with this one. I mean, just the guy is killing it at this moment. And he's so magnetic in this movie. Every time he's on the screen... You can't take your eyes off him. And it's not just because he's a good-looking man. His character is so, you know, he's so inner. He's got this energy, that Bodhisattva energy that you just can't get enough of. I think David Koresh took some notes from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is very cult leader in this. He is very cult-like. Um, it always helps to have a fire underneath you and people sitting down listening. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, he, he, he is, like, powerful. And, yeah, like, you can't take your eyes off of him in every word that he says seems like it's like so well thought out that it's just like you're not you forget that you're like watching somebody act yeah you're like this guy's the real deal he's fantastic in this i and i am a straight hetero man that is <laughs> freely willing to admit that i am crazy for swayze yeah. i absolutely <laughs> love patrick swayze well you know i've got to have a couple dudes maybe you know and, and you never think you're gonna meet them right bros sitting around but, talking about our love Keanu for patrick swayze. Here, like, no. it's like that you know the list you have with your wife or girlfriend sometimes if you ever meet that person right but oh keanu was here i'm like keanu yeah and you got keanu and swayze not, together but, yeah in their prime that's electric i mean <laughs> that is just sheer electricity electric. yeah it is. Okay, and then you add the coolness of Gary Busey to this factor. Our boy Pappas. I just, he's terrific. Uh, Lori Petty is the love interest here, Tyler. She handles it. She'd never been in the water before this movie. She'd never been in the ocean. Yeah. She has a stunt double for all of her scenes that looks a lot like her, clearly. It's 91 in Hollywood. Uh, she, I do love Lori Petty. She's terrific in League of Their Own, Free Willy, you know. Tank Girl was a bomb, but she's the right person for that role. Definitely. She was the right person. Um, I, I just think that that was the one weak link. I think there could have been... You've got Swayze and Reeves there. I mean, you need a Terry Hatcher. Like, Sandra Bullock's around then. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. You could have had a stunt double for them, too. Like, yeah, maybe that has something to do with the, with the director and how maybe she yeah. didn't want it to have... She wanted her to be too pretty. Maybe. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, you gotta, be, you gotta be edgy. Yeah. You can't just, like, you know, and when you're playing football in a wetsuit, you can't... And she's scoring be, touchdowns yeah. on them, too. Yeah. You can't just be the average. You That's know? true. <laughs> That's true. We've got James Cameron, exec, producing this thing, which is just insane. I mean, he's got his fingerprints everywhere at this time. Uh, Anthony Kiedis, of course, we our boy Tone. The Keeds. It is a bit distracting now when you watch the movie because as soon as they cut to him in that shower scene and it's a close-up of his face, yeah, yeah that would close be up. a waste of time. <laughs> I want to see that. Like, I feel like all four of them should have started a band. You know, like War Child <laughs> and uh, AKA Upton Pittman. And uh, I was going to ask you if yeah, you remember the name. Of Upton course, Pittman. yeah, Upton Pittman, and then um, yeah, you just, know he's the bad guy in Cyborg with Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh my God, War Child is the bad guy in Cyborg. That's true, true story. And Bunker, <laughs> the blonde kid Bunker, that yes. punches Keanu Reeves, that's Crawford from Platoon. He's in Platoon. So, and we've got John C. McGinley from Platoon too. We got yeah. two Platoon guys in this movie. Platoon man. 
<laughs> and two Roadhouse people. Yep. Swayze and the freight train in the shower. Yeah. That, that's Denise from Roadhouse. And yeah. uncredited Tom Sizemore. That's it. Oh. His first role, right? Yeah. So it's with a, a bag moment. of drugs that he He's never un- let go of, and his and his hair <laughs> that really didn't seem to I really. He didn't have long hair. He just had hair. You think you I, know, like you think I like this hair, man? Like, that's pretty average hair to me, man. I, I don't, I don't really get it. You think I like these clothes? Yeah. And it's like, okay, uh, so the DEA and the FBI, you know, they have, there's no like red flags that go up, no communication between the two. They're, you're just gonna let this raid happen, and uh, yeah, I guess this deadly raid. Yeah, this deadly raid. Where, oh well, I got one guy. Kill one guy. It looks bad on my record. <laughs> and well, so Babbitt, I noticed Babbitt and Alvarez are the two guys that are kind of the nemesis to, right. to, to Utah and Pappas. We don't like these guys. They're dickheads. Yeah. And so Babbitt gets stabbed up. He gets it in the back from one of the women a few times. Mm-hmm. Alvarez obviously comes out of it because he's talking junk to Utah later on when they arrest him. Um, I wanted to see those guys get killed. I mean, <laughs> I had no problem with them getting shot up by the ex-presidents. Like, I wanted to see that. <laughs> you guys didn't like those guys either. Come on. Well, eventually everybody dies in this movie, so it's got to... You're, you're you, not supposed to like yeah. those guys. It is true. <laughs> yeah. Lori Petty and Keanu Reeves are the only characters standing at the end of this movie. Yeah. I wonder how often Lori Petty watches Point Break. Yeah, does she watch it like when it casually comes on, like all the time? I doubt Keanu does, but I would think maybe she's too busy (laughs) popping up at venues. Yeah, going to see the Bobby Lees, taking pictures with every single person in the building, like a just sweetheart that he is. Keanu Reeves doesn't even have a TV, guys. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. He's got like a white room with just nothing but like a meditation pillow. I have a funny story. I met this dude recently at a show down at. Down at the Coors, or the, I call it the Coors Amphitheater still. And I'm telling him my Keanu Reeves story. He goes, hold that thought. He's a pro stereo installer or something. And so he, and he high, installs high-end gear. He goes to Keanu Reeves' house to install a stereo equipment. Keanu comes to the door in, in a towel and like shows him where to go and whatever. And he goes out to his pool, takes the towel off. Jumps in the pool buck naked just while the dudes are like working there. <laughs> no, you know, and then comes back, you know, talks that to him. That might be the most Keanu story ever. Like, but just, you know, no, no problem. Just, of course, guy couldn't take pictures. Do you mention if he's hairy? I can imagine him like <laughs> having like one patch and then the rest just like, like a seal. You seal, know? yeah, smooth, smooth. <laughs> he, he is that guy that has a plus one that doesn't use it. Yeah. I mean, I was so blown away by that when he showed up here that. Not only did he manage to take pictures with everyone, and he was so sweet. I had to shadow him most of the night just to make sure nobody got weird with him. And he was just wonderful to work with. I heard people saying some of the dumbest things to him and bad dad jokes and garbage yeah. like that. Because yeah, people freeze up when they meet somebody famous. Yep. And he was just wonderful. He was so kind to everyone. He smiled the whole time. He bought band merch. I mean, yeah. what more can you ask? Like, What I said is... Um, one time I saw him on television, late night TV, and whoever it was, uh, Kimmel or, or somebody, asked him what song he would listen to for the rest of his life, and he said, Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart. And I thought, thought that was cool. Good, good song, Joy. Good answer. Did he roll up on his hog? Like, he, he rolled just, up like... in a luxury Cadillac. He had a driver who drove him down from L.A., who sat outside for three hours while he was in here. Keanu's getting buzzed on Pilsners, fall brewing, shout out. Wow. And uh, yeah, he and he's just greeting everybody. I came back in here near the end to see where he was at, to see if they had him like cornered back here like an animal. <laughs> and he's sitting in the booth with these kids just talking. No way. Like he, he's just a wonderful person. I think all those memes you see online and all those stories, I think that stuff's true. Damn. I would take him like at the Casbah as like a Sapporo tall guy kind of guy. Huh. You know, I'd be like, yeah, Man, yeah. Keanu crushed 18 Sapporos Eight. at the Bobby Lee show. And I'm also happy to say that during the Bobby Lee's, because I was standing there by him, just, you know, shadowing, he's drinking his beer, he's taking crappy phone videos, and he's banging his head. He's just like us. Yep. He's no different than us when we watch our favorite bands. Like, that's what he came there to do, and he got to do it. Like, And then he took off and went back home and, and you know. For those of us here, we were very lucky to have that. That was cool. It was yeah, a I usually night. I usually take a luxury Cadillac home too. <laughs> <laughs> you make your driver stand outside for three hours. Well, I mean, that was a similar thing that happened at, at Bluefoot this uh, this past week where I work in North Park when Noel Gallagher shows up. 
Right. Were you both there? Oh, I yeah. was there, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. Right, nice. I had to take them from the car and uh, into the room and then back out to the car after the event. Now, that part was much harder because people had found out. People were posting on social media. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Keanu thing, we didn't really have a storm here that night. It, it happened kind of too fast. And it yeah. Was, and it was at night. Yep. But the Noel Gallagher thing at Bluefoot happened during the day. And so people started seeing it online yeah, yeah. and started showing up on the sidewalks outside. I thought about it when I saw your post and I saw yeah. friends that got down there and then it they got didn't a get little in, hectic. You know? yeah. yeah. But Whereas I mean, here, I know two guys that work there, so I'm sure I could have gotten in. <laughs> but yeah, like here, I feel like people like, you know, Casbah, you, you got like, it's it's the music scene and, and you got like bands playing that are the primary focus here. And I feel like people like would be a little like, I don't know, awkward, just like pulling out their phones and like taking like a picture from the distance of Keanu. Sure. And then posting some, it. Some what? woman sent me video of me and Aaron Swanton talking to him. The, the five minute encounter we had, that's what she was doing. And she didn't realize she was just trying to get footage of Keanu being sly. And then she realized, oh, that was Tim Piles talking to him. So she sent that to me. And I would also like to disavow this whole notion that like he's taking away from the band. Like, do uh, you understand? I've heard a couple of uh, you know, negative people. Sure, sure. Why is he taking away from the Bobby Lees? I'm like, dude, I don't know what more he could do to support them. A yeah. famous, mega famous guy showing up to their show at a small venue. They were amazing. They were so Knowing fun. what he has to deal with. Yeah. He has to take pictures with everyone in the building and talk to everyone in the building. He knows he has to do this coming in the building, and he's willing to do it anyway. Right. That's a guy that loves music. Yep. Seriously. And. God love you for that. Well, that's what's cool about places like this, even though I wasn't one of those people that left him alone. But generally, you know, it's th this, these the cooler kind of club, potentially not the House of Blues, whatever. You know, people do tend to leave somebody like that alone, you know. Yeah. They can just come and hang out and be themselves. Sure. You want to get into the soundtrack? Let's do it. Okay, we got the soundtrack. Well, this, this is something we're always going to touch on because we are music people. This is a music venue. There is no way we cannot talk about the music in this movie. So you said to us right before we went on that you, you the, the soundtrack doesn't rise to the level of the awesomeness <laughs> of this movie, you feel. I, I feel like like there are certain action scenes in this movie that like still to this day, I know exactly what's going to happen. But they, they, they like have me like gripping like my leg and like the palms are sweating when I'm seeing like Keanu's face in front of a six blade lawnmower. Like I'm just like, no, don't, you know, like I could feel my neck like tense up. How close was he to that? Oh my God, they would CGI that today. They wouldn't even <laughs> attempt to do that. Like his Dude, he was like three like, feet away from it. Trust me, it's the angle. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. There's that one angle where it looks like his nose is right on the blade. Oh, yeah, like, and then he like starts like... like in all like, those Hobbit movies, you know? It's all about the angle. And yeah. what about Pappas <laughs> shooting the lawnmower? Like, yeah. we all know how much, you know, cops would just rather shoot the dude. Yeah. Like, but he shoots the lawnmower. Like, uh, I didn't get that. Yeah, but yeah, that, like, that to me, and then, like, I kind of noticed, like, during the... Um, during the chase scene and like through the parking lot, like the sound of the actual like vehicles moving and everything. And like the, the kind of speed between the cars, I was like, damn, this is some really good, like quality, uh, chase scene audio where it makes you feel like you're in it. Yeah. And it's kind of distorted between like the park cars and the moving cars. And yeah, every chase scene and every action scene, I felt like I was just like on the edge of my seat. And I think like during the other scenes, it's the music is there, but you know, it's like when he's learning how to surf, it's like that kind of like, there's moments of that where it's like, I will not fall. I will not fall. And it's, it seems like a South Park thing, you know, where it's like 1991 was a weird time, yeah. man. We were talking about it. Yeah. Hair metal was dying. We we're mm -hmm. just getting weird music. Yeah. Know? This soundtrack reflects some of that at the time. That's the fun part about this is you've got L.A. Guns doing their Cashmere song, and you've got just that sleazy rat track at the end. Like, Oh, yeah. Utah says to Bodie, via con Dios, walks away, tosses the badge of the ocean, cut to sleazy rat track. <laughs> like, I, I love Nobody Rides for Free. But it's funny because it's the end. Like, these hair metal guys don't even know. This is July 91. September yeah. 91, Nevermind is dropping, and you're going to the county fair circuit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're over, Quickly. and you don't even know it. 
Like, yeah, but then you know, what was that commercial? It was so great where we have a rat problem in the attic. <laughs> oh, yeah. was it Geico? I think, I so. think it was. And yeah. there they were. Yeah, there was Rat, who you know has San Diego connection. Yeah. While we're touch, <laughs> while we're while we're touching on it though, the last scene was like, "You let him go!" Like the worst Australian accent I think I've ever heard. It's like they they come down in the helicopters and they're they're kind of like cruising down to the beach, and it's this like momentous scene where he's like. All right, man. They really chintzed yeah. on that part. You know, yeah. they didn't even go to, to the real beach. Yeah, and he sees one. like he sees like it's like it's not closing out anymore, and it's perfect. And then he just kind of like he like kind of factors in like his like surfing brain, and he's like, I gotta see him do this, you know. <laughs> and that's like, I gotta let him go. And then the guy just at the end, he's just like, What are you doing? You let him go. <laughs> just like, please stop. Can we do this over again? Maybe get like a real Australian in here. But. Well, that's not the only movie where Swayze gets the Valle Condios at the end. At the end of Red Dawn, when he's carrying Charlie Sheen, his mortally wounded brother, away, Colonel Bella, who's against them, the invading force, has the drop on him. And then he looks in his eyes and realizes that he doesn't want this fight. And he lays his weapon down. And he says, Valle Condios. So Swayze gets Viacondios at the end of two films. What year did he pass? Too soon. Yeah, way that. too soon. Maybe 2009 or so, somewhere around there. Uh, I mean, we never got a Roadhouse. Yeah, 2009. We oh. never got a Roadhouse 2, so. Damn it. Too stupid to have a good time. Tell you that. <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite line in that. <laughs> um. But yeah, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. I mean, the Concrete Blonde song is really good. The uh, Public Image Limited song yeah. is really good. You've got Love in there. Yep. You've got Jimi Hendrix. And and I mentioned this to you guys off the, off earlier. They used an album cut, which really lended itself to the, you know, made the party seem more real. Because it's in the party scene when the fire breathing is going on and all that. And I think it really works there. Like, yeah, it, it that scene, like, it was so, it, it really, like, emphasizes, like, the psychedelic aspect of everything. And with the guy who's like, goes up to him, starts like losing his mind. And he's just like, <laughs> like, I feel like I remember, I remember walking into parties like that, like in high school where it's like a beach party. And I remember there being like that person, there's that person, there's that person. And uh, yeah, it was like, and like, usually there was some sort of classic rock playing. Cause that's what we were all into back in the day. Like, and uh, it was it seemed very relevant. I'm like, oh yeah, there's the there's the homie who's just tripping on acid, and then there's like there's the guy who's like controlling the bonfire, and there's the dude who has all the beer by putting a knife through the lighter fluid and shaking it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Rosie, yeah, yeah, and then just constantly spitting Corona onto the fire just to help. And putting his boot in there, yeah. like kicking things around. <laughs> yeah. So yep. our favorite scenes, is is there like particular, is there any like two or three particular scenes that you just absolutely love from this film? I mean, I like for me personally, I'm all in on every bank robbery scene. From the beginning one to the one that goes bad at the end, like the bank robbery scenes are where I, I feel like the movie's really cooking. Yeah, uh, definitely those. I feel like the, like where he shows up, like the scene from when he first starts like kind of like hooking up with... um. Tyler, Tyler, uh, where he first starts hooking up with her, he wakes up on the beach. He's like looking at his like watch and he's like, I'm late. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. And then he's like, I'm going to kiss you a little more and then I'm going to go kill somebody. Uh, <laughs> but when he shows up late to the raid and he's got the sunglasses and he's just like, he's he's like, all right, I'm here. And the guy's like, man, late to your own raid. And then they go in there and he's got like the little like orthodontist tool. Yeah, the, the, he's this like mirror. Like, yeah, the little mirror, and then he—that's when he sees like Ketis just Ketis like Ketis just beating his yeah. chest to ministry. Or I, I imagine he's like beating his chest to like Jerry was a race car driver or something by like Primus, and he's or just, or, or Pretty Hate Machine or something <laughs> yeah. like something like that. And uh, yeah, and then it just ensues. The guy's pouring beer in his Cheerios, that's and it's size like more. God. Okay, that's what cracks you up about that scene. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. the undercover agent that's pouring beer into his Cheerios. <laughs> no one watching. Yeah. 
Like he's like, I don't like this hair. I don't like these clothes. But you're okay with beer and Cheerios. Beer, like, really playing into yeah. that. Well, it is Tom Sizemore, so yeah. God bless he's him. Like, you think peace. you think I like this giant bag of cocaine? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think you do, dude. Like, I really think you do. <laughs> Tom. Tom. That's your real name. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that, and then. That scene where the, it's the raid, and then, um, God, I mean, like both of the scenes where they're, oh, the skydiving, uh, skydiving, scenes. yeah, I mean, especially at the end where you're like, is his, is there a parachute in there, right? And everyone's handing it around, and I'm like, God, this is. So there's no, the first one. you should take one. this my, one. My no, are this sweating one. talking about. It. Yeah, so that's the first one, and nobody's sabotaging him on that first jump. But he thinks they might already know. If you're Utah, do you jump that first one when they play the musical chairs with the parachutes? He does, but man, I don't know if I do. I, would th- I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I just say, fuck it. I'm going to hang out with I'm the pilot. I'm going to go ahead and land and, on this plane with the pilot. Yeah, you, guys, then you, could, you could just say that you got cold, you know, cold feet and you, you didn't want to do it. Yeah. Now, the second that's time. That's not a good movie. No. That's no. Not, <laughs> nope. But the second time he jumps out of the plane, no parachute and a gun in his hand, which is pretty action movie awesome. But he's doing it for a woman he just met a couple months ago in Tyler. At this point in the film, he's just lost his partner, Pappas, who he kind of allowed to get shot. Let's be honest. Pappas was trying to shoot Bodie. Bodie... Utah steps in between. No, no, don't shoot him. And Pappas gets killed by Roach from behind. Like, Utah wasn't a good partner. Well, later on, he has a chance to kill him, and he lets him go, and he just shoots the gun into the air. So essentially, he doesn't let him shoot Bodie because he wants to save Tyler, but Pappas gets killed. So he trades in his partner for his sort of girlfriend, and do you actually think they stayed together after this? No way. They didn't stay together. Like... (laughs) Hey, Pappas got killed. Like, Utah wasn't a very good partner. Like, I kind of resent that, that he let Pappas get shot out there like that. But then, you know, uh, after that, he got just free reign to travel the world and follow Bodhi. I didn't get that either. Like, you were arrested five seconds ago, and now you're traveling all over the world with a badge yeah, chasing missed, him. Missed you, missed you by a week in Sumatra. <laughs> Chased him all over Mexico. Yeah, found yeah. Rosie dead down there, stabbed yeah. up. A corpse that resembled Rosie. Down in Baja. No, uh, here's another here's another question I had for you. Are you rooting for Utah? This is a heat situation. Are you rooting for Utah and Pappas? Or are we rooting for Bodie the whole or are we rooting for both? Because in heat, like I'll bring up heat, for instance. I'm kind of rooting for Pacino and De Niro, sort of, but mostly I'm rooting for De Niro. So this is another one of those situations where I'm kind of rooting for both of them, but I'm really rooting for Swayze. Like because he's robbing banks. Yeah. I mean, the bank robbers, I don't care about that. If you're hurting people, then I do care. Yeah. But if you're robbing banks and the banks are insured, like, why do you give a crap? I don't understand the undercover cop in the end jumping up and I got to stop these guys from doing this robbery. I'm like, okay, props to this cop. He does shoot four of the five ex-presidents, or counting Keanu. Right. He's a hell of a good shot. But are you... he? He's dead, though. I mean, he's dead. Yeah. You gave up your life for a bunch of money that didn't matter, and it's, it wasn't yours. So, mm-hmm. But he was a good guy with a gun, and he tried to do something. That ended up dead. So oh, how yeah. good is a good guy with a gun when I you're dead? I don't know. Like, so I Just don't know. Just get me two meatball sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And that's the only guy that, that Bodhi kills, because Bodhi's not a violent guy. And, and you can almost see it in his face when he pulls his gun and the guy's reloading his gun. He doesn't want to do it. Yeah. But the guy's putting him in the situation now where I have to kill you. Or you're going to kill me and my boys. So pops him right in the chest and he's done. I was actually surprised he didn't throw a few more into him when he walked by him on the way out. Because you killed one of my guys. You shot three of us. I mean, if he's an adrenaline junkie the way he is, I don't know how that trigger figure didn't keep going. But uh, yeah, the cop. Good shot. Dead man. Good shot. (laughs) Yeah, I would say if it's between Bodie and Utah... I feel like, you know, a lot of, like, Utah got a lot of people killed, too. He did. Here. He got his partner killed. And I think with Bodie, it's like, I, I think I'm going to drink the Bodie Kool-Aid here. Yeah. And, like, say that, you know, the searcher. 
Yeah. Like it's it's Fuck uh, the man. Yeah, yeah, you know, even, it, it, even the kidnapping, he's like, I didn't want to do that. She was my woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's righteous. <laughs> he's just a righteous dude. Yeah, they and don't. Did, I mean, they, until they decide to go into the vault, is they fucked up. Yeah, Prior to you that, know, they blew it. In and out, ninety seconds. Yeah. you know, and just stick with the registers, and don't. They didn't have to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. And I, and he, I'm so on Team Bodie. I feel like he deserved a better ending too. I mean, he wasn't. How long was he up on that board? At the end, he didn't oh, even he get co- to really ride it. it. He totally yeah. cooked it. Yeah. <laughs> he just ate shit. And Pretty then, quick. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then you that, thought he would at least get to ride it and then eat shit and then the whitewash. I would like to have seen him go for about 10 yeah. seconds, yeah. 15 seconds, yeah. and maybe then eat it because it was such a big wave. But still, yeah. It was too quick. I was kind of shocked quick. on that. Yeah. I mean, he's a master. He's the Bodhisattva. Actuality that day, it's like two feet. And it's just like ankle <laughs> biters. Yeah, some of those breaks yeah. at those various beaches they were at were like, it's like they went like... What the hell's going on? Yeah. I mean, there were moments when when Lori Petty and Keanu were having a moment, and there was no waves coming through. Like they're just in the water somewhere. Yeah. You know? I can guarantee you, any of those the waves that were up from Santa Monica all the way up to past like County Line, there is not a single left that looks like that. <laughs> it's it's not possible. So, like, and I'm like, wait a minute, that wave started as a left, and now it's a right, and now it's back to a left again. I'm like, man, they needed to hire People someone didn't know there. Better. Wave continuity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. come on, guys. Only 91. Jeez, come on, Bigelow. You put so much effort into the chase scene, but the surf scenes are just garbage. So, you've got some shows. You've been out on the road with Donnie Benet yes. this past spring. Oh, yes. How do you even contain that sexual magnetism each time you hit the city limits? Like, do do the do the undergarments just come off as soon as you hit the city limits? Like, because Donnie Benet is in town. Like, I can imagine it's something like that. Pretty much. I mean, Donnie has, I think, the most eclectic crowd and the coolest. Like, everyone shows up early. Everyone yeah. brings cash, and they're ready to like <laughs> party, and they'll buy out all of the merch. They're, they're dancing there. It's like not pretentious at all. And it's, and kind of everyone's just so engaged throughout the entire night that it's, it's music. And then it's like a break in between where he talks about the song and like cracks some jokes. And he's like kind of looking out at the audience and being like, it's a big sausage fest in here, you know? And it's just like, everyone starts cracking up and, and then he like rips it in the next song with just some like epic bass solos and it's like he's up there with his brothers just jamming and it's it's incredible and i think for us like we're going on tour with him for the third time in august um we're we're so stoked to do it because i feel like he really like hits to our kind of beat you know like where it's like we we don't take ourselves too serious our songs are like tongue-in-cheek also and we and like Donnie to, definitely doesn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, and it's like he's talking about you know, the Negroni summer and second dinner. Second dinner's amazing. And everybody that is there and like supports his music and and shows up to all of his concerts, they're super cool and have all come up to us after and have been nothing but supportive and like buying a bunch of our merch and telling us that we're the perfect appetizer for the Donnie <laughs> Benet dinner. And, and like other people are just like coming up to us and be like, you guys, I don't know what you sound like, but you guys sound like if Ween fucked the Doobie brothers <laughs> and had an arcade fire baby. And I'm just like, that is pretty good. That's a pretty good. Cause I don't know how to describe our music. And I really don't know how to describe Donnie's other than like indie disco with, Ooh. Yeah, I it's, don't know. It's weird, but it works. You could definitely dance to it. Yeah, I it's mean, danceable music, I guess. It's like because there's bits of electronic, but then his like um, his most recent four track EP is all instrumental. That's like straight Hans Zimmer stuff, nice. and like John Carpenter. So it's it's oh we're in. It's a trip, and uh, he's got uh, yeah, like I said, like the great fan base and like. Uh, we're just happy to spend some more time with him. Cause so you guys got two shows here in early August, back-to-back nights. Yep. August do you know the August 9th and 10th okay. at the Casbah, August 8th at the Observatory, and then we're going to drive all the way up to Vancouver 
and do the last show of the tour in Vancouver the night before he plays at Outside Lands. So you got one, not one, but two chances to see Well, Well, Well with Donnie Benet at the Casbah in early August. That's right. Well, well, well. Yep. And we'll have a new album out by then. So we're going to. You mean you're keep, finally releasing Mar a Lago? Finally releasing Mar a Lago. It's so cool that I've been playing that song for. I, I mean, you should. Ever since I used to be at that you station should. I used to be at. I was just waiting for him to get indicted. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then, you know, once that happened, then I'm like, all right, release the hounds. Let's get this baby out it's here. It's like I played that one, and then Surefire Soul Ensemble had that one called Impeach the President. I love playing that. Oh, there we go. See? It was subversive. I didn't have to say anything myself. Yeah. Play yeah. songs. Yeah, so we got we got at least four songs coming out this summer. Summertime Heat, Double Take Jake, Mar-a-Lago, and uh, No Surfing with the entire band. So the No Surfing song. These sound like Roger Corman movie titles from the 70s. Like, <laughs> these are great. These, that's exactly how they sound. Seton from Well, Well, Well. Yes. Did you plug your website or Instagram or websites? Anything that Not we yet. Should? Go for it. Uh, our Instagram is Well, Well, Well Music. And uh, you can kind of keep up to everything we're, we're doing. Uh, keep up there. Um, yeah, I would say that's the best, uh, best bet for you. Super cool. Thanks for sharing some of your thoughts about this film. Thanks for getting me to rewatch Point Break again. Uh, maybe I will take up surfing with Graham this summer. That could be a plan. We get, we got to find our our our, our we got to find Tyler. our break. Yeah, to, we're, we're allowed old white men. We need to find some some female guru to teach us to surf. Oh, I, can, I you know what? Actually, why don't we all go to uh, can, to Wind and Sea? Let's go to Wind and Sea with uh, two leashes, one on each leg, sure. and we'll get our Costco boards and we'll just go. And it's about four to six feet. Yeah. 57 and, Chevy board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll just get out there and see what happens. Technically, I'm a local there. I mean, I grew up on the mountain, but yeah. All right. Not, not so much in the water, just a shore break. <laughs> All right, Seton from Well, 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 thank you for sharing, and uh, thank you for being here, and always fun to catch up and find out about your band. Graham Stevens can always be found here at the Casbah. Share your favorite thoughts about any film. He would love to hear about it. Uh, I often talk to him about movies while we're hanging out between bands, right? Absolutely. It's kind of our... our are in between. It's how this whole flicks. thing started. This is Soundchecks Flicks. We'll be back with another one soon. Hey, SCF lovers. Next week, we'll be kicking ass through a small Arizona town with our good friend, Billy Jack. Give it a watch. Come back and join us and see who our special guest is.